Good evening. It's good to see everybody here. If you're joining us online, thank you for joining us and worshiping with us. We'll begin this evening by singing, I love you, Lord, and then we'll be led in prayer. I Let's pray. Father, we, we love you. You've definitely loved us from the beginning. We thank you for your son, Jesus, who set an example for us on how we should live. And Father, he has shown us how to love you and be obedient to you, Father. Father, we pray that we continue to have that boldness to tell people about what Jesus has done for them. Father, we pray that we continue to die to self and live for you. Father, be with us as we listen to your word. And Father, help us take those nuggets out, apply it to our life, Father. Father, we Pray that we can share the gospel with our neighbors and turn this area upside down for you. Thank you again. Thank you for being there for us. Thank, thank you for showing us the way. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, amen. Three hundred and forty two, so we can reflect on the Lord's Supper and that sacrifice that was made for us. We saw the
on on the night and the day that that Jesus was was supposed to be crucified and he had his trials but periodically they would drag him outside and beat him and and uh, uh, no no telling what he no, no telling what he looked like we know that he was probably a, a bloody mess by the way that the the, the Romans uh, would 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 beat people and and then they put him on a cross and they and, and no telling how much when they pierced his arms and his feet you know how much how much blood there was but then after he was already dead the soldiers it said in the bible the soldiers saw that he was already dead and they and they they stabbed him again you know how in our culture how 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 grotesque is that to to mutilate a to mutilate a corpse that's that's almost like prison time you know it, it's terrible to, to think that, that that's what that's what Jesus went through for us shall we pray our God and our Father thank you for this time that we have that we can can focus our thoughts on Jesus focus our thoughts on the on the on the crucifixion the pain and the suffering that 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 he went through for us we we're, we're thankful for, for Jesus, that, that he was willing to come and, and die for us. And, and as we partake of this bread, we, we pray that it represents his body. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Shall we pray? Our God, we're, we're thankful for Jesus still. We're, we're thankful for the blood that he had, that it's able to, to wash away our sins. We know that it, it took a tremendous amount of, of blood out of him, and we, and we know that it was quite a, quite a sacrifice that, that he was willing to give, and, and the pain that, that goes with, with the loss of that much blood. We're, but we know that it continues to wash our sins away and, and forgives us that we might be pure in your sight. As we partake of this fruit of the vine, once again, we pray and we'll do so in a manner pleasing unto thee. In his name again, amen. Father, we're thankful for all the blessings that we get in this life. We know that all good things come from you, and we know that, that even though sometimes we think it's bad times, we know that you're watching over us and you're caring for us. We pray at this time that we'll be able to give back a portion of that so that the, the, the church here may continue to prosper. In Christ's name we pray, amen. And before Brother Matt brings us the, the lesson, we're going to sing 535.
All right, we're continuing our study through Ephesians. We are in Ephesians chapter 3 tonight. Don't forget that in Ephesians chapter 2 we were talking, we spent a lot of time talking about what we were before and then after Christ, right? The, the major changes that took place before, who we were before, and then what we are after Christ. Ephesians 3 is a, a, a deep part of Ephesians, so I don't... Um, I want to get right into it, to be honest with you tonight, so we have plenty of time to uh, digest some of what's going to be said just from this specific chapter. As you remember as well, I won't be going out of Ephesians, so it's really easy time to follow along in your Bible. I might quote some other scriptures or uh, reference other scriptures, but I'm not going to go out of Ephesians. So, starting in verse 1, for this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly, okay? So again, he's reminding everybody, I'm a prisoner of Christ, right? That's one of the reasons why we're looking at Ephesians right now. We're looking at the letters that Paul sent as a prisoner, right? The, the most important things that he wanted to write to these churches, knowing he knew, he knew where he was going, which was to his death. Um, so he says that, and then he reminds everybody who he was, right? He's referencing who I, who I, I am. What kind of source are you hearing from? Who are you listening to? You're listening to the guy that started out persecuting the church. But on that road to Damascus, I had an encounter with Jesus Christ, Right? And you have to realize, you have to realize that because he's going to say some other things here um, that I think is very interesting. He says, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. The mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. That is the mystery of God that has been hidden, that God was going to unite God's people with the pagans. That's really what that is, right? It's you got, when you got the Jews and you got the Gentiles, you got the people who follow Yahweh, you got the people who follow um, God the Father the, the, from the Bible, and you've got everybody else. That's the way it was divided in the Old Testament. You have those who follow God, those who do not follow God. He's going to take both of those and unite them. Well, that was a mystery to the sons of men. Why was that? Because under the Old Covenant, in order to become part of God's people, you didn't just have to believe in God all of a sudden, right? You had to convert. Not just to a religious belief, but to an actual country. And if you were a man, you had to, um, you actually literally had to have something removed to be part of that. And that's a big deal, especially when you're a lot older, right? Um, although I will say, I've, I've got three sons, and it was a big deal for them, even when they were babies. Um, you're just young enough, you don't have to remember it, right? So, 
they're going to become fellow heirs. Members of the same body. This is foreign news to the Jews. This is blasphemy to the Jews. I want to remind you of when Jesus was speaking in the temple. And he was reading from Isaiah. You remember that? And it's the messianic prophecy, right? And in that moment, he says, and everything I'm reading to you, this is my paraphrase, like I said, I'm going to reference, right? Everything I'm reading to you is being fulfilled today through me. What'd they do next? What'd they do next? Shocker, nothing. They actually did nothing in that moment. And then he mentioned that he was supposed to be a light as well to the Gentiles. Then what did they do? They tried to throw him off a cliff. So this is the mystery of men. This was a big deal. It's, it's not as big a deal to us, especially in the culture that we live in in America. We are a melting pot, right? There's many cultures. You don't go outside of your door at this, in this country, especially in this state, and not confront many cultures in your life. There's tons of culture here. But to certain people, this was an, something they couldn't even imagine. Their diets were different. Their worship was different. Listen, even their family systems were different. Their entire culture was different. And for them, as God's people, that culture was godliness. And everything else, and every other way everybody else lived was ungodly. How could God, why would God want them to? It was a mystery. Remember that we've been talking a lot recently over the last couple years about how the promise that went to Abraham was to bless the entire world. But yet somehow that was a mystery throughout the entire Old Testament. As we talked about this morning, probably part of it was they stopped reading the Word of God. Probably part of it was they stopped doing the ceremonies, stopped doing the holidays, stopped doing the festivals that God's people were to do to remind them over and over and over again of the things they were never supposed to forget. I want to go back real quick. To this first verse real quick too. Because he says, For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles. Right? Because when Jesus met him, his calling was not to the Jews, it was to the Gentiles. You remember that? He said, I am going to make you a light unto the Gentiles. Right? He said that to Paul. Right? So he, in his, in his calling, was going to be to the Gentiles. Now, did he have any luck with the Jews? Every time Paul speaks to the Jews, what happens? Pretty much every single time Paul speaks to the Jews, they try to kill him, he has to escape, 
He has to run for his life. Something happens like that, right? They try to arrest him. They beat him. You go through the list. Paul was not successful when speaking to the Jews. Why? Well, part of it was half the crowd wouldn't even listen to him. Why? Because he was a traitor. He was the one who was to lead the charge against this blasphemy that came from Jesus. And now all of a sudden he's carrying their banner? But at this point in time, where is he at? Is he in custody from the Jews? Nah. Even though he had freedom as a missionary to start churches, did he go with hardships there? Almost everywhere Paul went. I mean, the more and more you study Paul's life, the more and more you realize, man, what an amazing calling, right? From a man that got to write the majority of the New Testament. What an amazing person he must have been. But his life was tough. <laughs> I would dare say awful in some ways, right? And here he is. He goes to the Jews. They want to kill him. They arrest him. They abuse him. He goes to the Gentiles. What do they want to do with him? They want to arrest him. They want to abuse him. They want to kill him. Remember, we were just showing you in Acts a couple weeks ago that the only reason why he was spared in that moment was because he was a Roman citizen. So I just thought that's, that's interesting because he does say, I'm in jail because of my calling to you Gentiles. He's, he'd have been in jail either way, though, wouldn't he have? I say that also because I want you to understand that the calling, the life of Jesus is not always promised to be perfect. There's a lot of preachers out there who say, you know, if you just follow God's word, even with what I said this morning, right? I do believe if you follow God's word, if you seek out righteousness in your life, if you walk in faith, right? If you allow God's spirit to lead you, we can go through all that again if you want. <coughs> but I do believe that you will have hope and you will have peace, right? I do believe that, but that doesn't guarantee that you won't be without tribulation. That's why we ended where we ended this morning. In the same way, Paul hit many things in his life that would have probably got the majority of us down. That probably would have uh, made us struggle. And I'm sure at times... He did himself, right? The difference between us and him is every now and then God actually came and talked to him. That would probably make things a little bit easier, right? So he says, of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. Why? Because when he did it on his own, he was going in the wrong direction, Right? We've talked about this before. Was Paul ever in his life, even when he was Saul, did he really ever think he was going against Yahweh? He was trying, in my opinion, he was trying to be a servant of Yahweh his entire life. But on his own, just like many of the Jews, even though he probably saw the Messiah face to face, he missed it. To me, verse 8, though I am the very least of all saints, how in the world, this is another thing, i got to just stop for a second, how, how does Paul, a guy who wrote the majority of the New Testament, a guy who was 
Probably did more missionary work than anybody ever before or after, right? Ever. Probably the greatest missionary of all time. You know, some preachers, when they, uh, when they baptize people, they write their names in the Bible. I wonder how many people Paul would have had in his Bible. I mean, I know there is letters where he writes and he says, I'm, I'm grateful I only baptized a few of you. Right? I myself only baptized a few of you. But how many people was he responsible for? I'm not saying Paul would have wrote the names in his Bible. That's for you to decide. But he's that guy. And he says, I'm the least of all saints. Do you think when we get to heaven, interesting question, you don't have to answer it out loud, just interesting question. Do you think when we get to heaven, Paul's going to have a lowly position? Do you think there's any chance that you're going to be in a higher seat than Paul? I mean, if you say yes, <laughs> pretty bold statement. You see, this is one of those moments where you have to see the heart of Paul. Is he beating himself up for who he used to be? Actually, I don't think so. Every time he goes to a place where they can't get over who he used to be, he defends himself. And then he points to other people and says, you don't believe me? I'm not a good enough source? Go ask others. Here's some names to go check out. Go talk to them. I think this is a a real important lesson on humility that we all should take note of. Every single one of us. You know, we all have an important part here at this church. We all have a, play an important role in the kingdom of God. And I don't care if you're in the pulpit. I don't care if you're an elder or a deacon or, or a, lead, a leading woman or however you want to say any of it. I think the approach we all should have is that we're the least. Remember when the disciples were arguing about who's going to be the greatest in heaven? Remember when Jesus said, if you want to be first, you need to be last? All right, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to start back in verse 8. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. So first I want to I want to go back before we go forward, and I just want to point out this one simple fact. How many Gentiles were converted in the Old Testament? Was that a common thing? Does it seem like it was very common in your Old Testament? There are very few that I can remember 
in the Old Testament that were talked about and that were converted. There were some Gentiles, right? You have some amazing ones, like, for example, Melchizedek, right? Who becomes part of the high priest lineage that Jesus is in is a Gentile. You got Rahab, who ends up being in the lineage of Christ. But it doesn't seem like it was something that was just taking the world by storm. Now, here's another thing to consider. How many times is God's army about to march on a country and they know they're in trouble because of the God that is with the people of Israel? They're not afraid of Israel. Right? What did Rahab say to the spies? Everybody knows about your God and we're scared of them. Why didn't Jericho come out and convert? Why didn't they pull a Nineveh? See, for some reason, even though there was always opportunity, it just didn't happen very often, at least not in the scriptures. It's not something that the, the inspired writers really wrote that much about. So when he says, when he says the unsearchable, to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone, it's unsearchable because you've got to think about this. These people come from generations and generations and generations and generations of not even knowing God. Never even worshiping God. Never even living godly. Right? You're talking about the majority of the world. Only God would do that. Only God would do that. When we have differences, even as people who are this far along in civilized world right now, when we have differences among nations, it leads to war. But God lays down his own life to bring peace. Even to those that would never listen, even to those that never lived a day for him. Even to those who eventually intermarried with the Jews and led them astray. But I want to tell you something else. I want to show you the other part of the mystery because I think we miss this a whole lot. There's another scripture that says angels long to look into the things that we know, right? Talking about how we can interpret scriptures in a way that even the angels didn't, right? And then if you put that together with this idea right here, everyone, everyone and to bring to light, verse 9, everyone, what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, right? And then it says something amazing. It says, who created all things so that through the church, that's us, Right? Through the church, the manifold wisdom, the entire wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities of this world. Is that what it says? 
does and does it. See, here's the most amazing part to me. I, I really don't think anybody but God knew what Jesus was doing. I don't. I don't think anybody in the spiritual realm really knew what Jesus was doing. And here, I'll give, you, I'll give you another reason why I believe this as well. Because all of heaven, in the revelation of John, was crying until the Lamb entered, right? And there was one angel that was with John, and he says, and that, by the way, probably Jesus. For at least the most part, right? The revelation came to John through Jesus. Look at the first part of Revelation. That angel says to him, behold, don't worry, don't worry, behold the lamb. But all of heaven, they see a seal that can't be broken. They know they can't break it. So imagine what it must have been like for Satan and his demons to think they are winning, right? Because we know the scriptures spell out what Satan thought he was doing. He thought he was putting, when he puts Jesus on a cross, Jesus inherits a curse. Jesus, the Son of God, becomes cursed by God's law. He thinks he won. What about, what about the righteous heavenly authorities? When I was young, they had a skit. It was called Angel One. I don't know if you've ever seen it or not. But it's basically like there's three or four angels, and they're kind of like uh, if you were the Secret Service, right? And they're just going back and forth about what they're seeing, and they are ready to go to war because they can't believe what people on earth, what God is allowing his creation to do to the Son of God, Right? That's what the whole premise of the skit is. And they think it's over. I mean, it's just a skit. But they think it's over when Jesus dies. So God's entire wisdom isn't revealed until the church shows up. And as far as I can tell, nobody but God knew the plan. All right, let's keep going. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. Paul says, my suffering is your glory. Don't lose heart because of what I'm going through. Don't think God isn't in control, right? And for those of us who have been here for the entire study, we remember all the way back in the first uh, lesson in this series, when we were doing the introduction, we remember that Paul, before he ever went, for the last meeting he had with the elders of Ephesus, Right? He knew he was going to suffer. 
He knew this was it. You see, one of the most powerful people in all of the church looked like he has no power at all. And he says, don't lose heart. Because as crazy as it sounds, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be and this is exactly God's will for me. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit and your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now this scripture is amazing. This is literally one of my favorite parts of what we're talking about tonight. But I want you to see the context, right? I don't, I don't, um, when I do the red, it's a cheater for me. I'm going to be honest. If I have notes, that's that, that's my notes. But it's also a cheater for you. Look at the red in this. He says, your inner being, your hearts, and he says, love. Right? Strengthen with the power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Right? Now let's skip to the bottom real quick. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Listen, if all we ever did at this church was preach love, we would never be wrong. I just want you to know that. If that's all we ever did was just preach love, obviously through Jesus Christ, right? But just preach love, right? God is love. I'm going to get into that a little deeper at the take-homes. I don't want to get too far ahead real quick. But now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I want you to see this verse, and I want you to understand that this verse is a challenge. It's a challenge to me. It's a challenge to you. It's a challenge to everybody who's ever read it. Do you know what it says? How great you think God is? He's greater. How amazing God's forgiveness is? It's, it's actually more amazing. How busy you think God must be? He's actually busier. How powerful? He's, he's more powerful. How capable? He's actually more capable.
So I got three take homes. The first one I want you to see is this. The church has an amazing calling as we are the revelation of the wisdom of God in this world and, and in the heavenly places. That is who you are. That is the calling that you have. Okay, so how is that possible? How is it possible that the church is teaching all of heaven something? One, is teaching all of heaven that God can forgive all sin. That's how amazing God's forgiveness is. He can forgive all sin. He can forgive generation after generation after generation of sin. And I am telling you that in a lot of ways we have whitewashed Probably because we don't want to talk about it. Probably because it makes us really uncomfortable because we are so far removed from what pagan worship used to look like that we don't even realize, we don't even think about how sick it was. It was sick. And when the Jews associated with the Gentiles, when they... When, when they heard they were offended anybody who could say that has to be a liar I won't go into detail but it doesn't take much of a search to figure out what I'm talking about Not only do we have this amazing calling to, in, in that way, but here's another amazing thing about us, in, in my opinion. You know, we were born into a world, there's not a single one of us that was not born into a world that was distorted, was never what it was intended to be. Right Now that comes from our own choices and our generations and generations and generations of past bad choices, sins, separation from God. But we were all born into a distorted world. And you know what else? We've all sinned. We've all become distorted ourselves. Right? You remember that conversation between God and the devil and Job? Remember that? Job is only who he is because of who you are for him. Right? Because you've put a hedge around him. You've protected him. Look at his life. He has a great life. Take some of that away, everything will change. That's the same thing he says about you. And so I'm here to tell you that that hedge of protection, listen, evil cannot overcome you. But Satan's allowed to hurl his arrows, his flaming arrows, right? Get into a little bit deeper in Ephesians. He's allowed to scheme against you. You know what's amazing about you? 
Even though you've been born into a distorted world, even though you have an influence like Satan who is trying to take you off the path in every single way he thinks can hurt you. And even though you've experienced sin, right? And my belief, at least, and I think it's pretty plain in the context of Scripture, my belief is not only that, but I live in a body of sin. The very desires of my flesh will lead me astray into sinfulness. Part of what I am created out of is sinful. I still seek his goodness, though. Don't you? Don't you recognize God's goodness even in this distorted world? Isn't that what is amazing about you? You think that's teaching the uh, authorities in the heavenly places something? Something they've never experienced before because they were just in perfect righteousness? Glory of God? How about this? To be filled with the fullness of God is to be full of love. I'm rooted in it. I'm grounded in it. And once I understand the height, the depth, right? The width, the breadth. Then I can have the fullness of God in me. And last but not least, in Christ, and this is a, a, a little bit of two sections of what we just read. But you put them together, I think it makes a powerful impact. In Christ, we can be bold and confident in our access to God because God is able to and is doing more than we can ask or think according to his power that is at work within us. Have you ever had that thought? I want to pray to God about something, but I know I haven't been really good enough to ask for that. God's better than that. Have you ever thought, just like we were talking about this morning, we got to 491, right? How can God ever forgive me for this? His grace is greater than that. His mercies are new every morning. Have you ever thought like David did? What am I? What makes me so special that I deserve this type of love? We can be confident before God in our good times and in our bad times. Let me ask you another question, just an interesting thought. Do you think David was in a perfect state in his life when he went to face Goliath? Do you think every person in the Bible you read about, you know, they might have had some bumps along the road, but they were in perfect state of life while they were doing the will of God? Does anybody ever get to a perfect state of life? God is doing a work in you. 
God is doing a work in us. And when we go before the Lord, when we go before his throne, we can be bold. We can be confident. Because we have a God that is greater than we can even imagine. Do you know what perfect really looks like? You've never seen it. The closest thing you have to perfection is the word of God. But mainly what it does is show us how imperfect we are. Have you ever experienced perfection? You ever been on an undefeated team? I had a couple seasons of undefeated. You know what we were far from still? Perfect. So really to wrap up Ephesians chapter 3, I just want you to understand what you've received through the good news of Jesus Christ, which is what he focused on in chapters 1 and chapter 2. An amazing calling. A relationship you can be confident in with God. Right? And a love that can turn you from something that was corrupt into something that is godly. It starts with accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Dying to yourself. Because why? Because we all have to realize that on our own, we are not good enough. We could not save ourselves. That is the good news. You couldn't, but God did. Accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Be washed in the blood of Christ. Receive forgiveness of sins, the gift of the Holy Spirit, be added to the kingdom of God. For those of us who have, I pray that we are bold. I pray that we are confident in all phases of our life, in all seasons of our life. And I pray that we are full of love. And live up to our calling. If there's any reason to respond to the invitation tonight, you can come as together we stand and sing.
Thank you, Matt. Um, it is a powerful message of what uh, what's out there for us. You know, the Jesus, that God is there for us. Uh, to have a full heart, full of strengthened by Him, and a heart full of love, and uh, the way the world could be changed. Look for it in your own lives this week. What would the world have been different if you didn't have that? And uh, what's picked you up from where you could have been otherwise? So, thank you for that. Uh, thanks for joining us here tonight on the orange carpet, or like I said, on your own orange carpet at home. Um, grab yourself a bulletin. We've got a few out here. We're going to be out somewhere going out in the mail. Um, it's also available on Facebook if you need one of those. So, I'll highlight a couple things on there. Uh, as elders are, we carry stuff in our pockets. Um, Lex Pierce has been home. He's at home now. He was hospitalized earlier this week. That's about all the details I have on that. Uh, Betty Larner. Betty has uh, invasive, found out that she has invasive ductal breast cancer. Um, she's going to go see the same doctors that Mitzi has seen. So she has a path already for that. So we pray for that success, for the treatment of that and everything. We love Betty. Um, keep them in your prayers. Charlie and Gail. Uh, Charlie and Gail weren't able to be out today. Uh, Charlie's got a, uh, some kind of respiratory illness, and he didn't want to spread that to anybody. And uh, Gail's got uh, cardiac issues. She's had that her whole life. Um, it's something that's just, it could progress it progresses. So please pray for Charlie and Gail. Um, Sue Sharp. Uh, Sue Sharp's been in the hospital most of the week. She had an endoscopy this morning. Hopefully they found out something that can progress to have surgery. Um, look, it looks like there's a hiatal hernia and a bowel, block, bowel blockage. Um, so hopefully they can get her patched up very soon. Uh, Pat Ortiz, she had back surgery this week. Um, she's doing good. William went and saw her. Said um, about six weeks of recovery. She'll be back out. And he said that Donnie's doing good too. So if you're worried about him taking care of himself, he's doing okay. Uh, Coral Postalweight found out she was hospitalized this week with dehydration. And it's looking like she'll probably have heart surgery coming up soon, too. Um, Wanda Bauer, her brother passed away this week after a long illness. And uh, we got a message online from Heidi Dietrich that she fell and hurt her leg, and she asked for prayers. We got a note from Beverly Don Seal that her son Steve has been in the hospital in Houston. He wants to thank all those who have sent him cards. He truly appreciates each one. So pass that along. What else on this card? Spin it 99 ways because that's how I am. Work as a side spinner or something for a phone company, right? Yeah. Um, next week, oh, let me go ahead and say this one. Dennis Torres, our missionary in uh, Nicaragua. Uh, they're expecting babies very soon, baby boy. Uh, we have a card out in the foyer. It's a big, looks like a science fair poster. But go ahead and sign part of it, you know, wish them well. Wish them congratulations or something. And Mike's going to send, uh, send a picture of that probably, right? Probably a picture going to send a picture of that, show our love for him. Uh, if you're wanting to make a donation, uh, he'll take that too. So that's set up in the foyer. It'll be there a couple weeks, right? A few weeks. So it's there. Can't miss it. It's blue. It's got elephants. It's got balloons. You know, it's what it, it's what it ought to be. Um, next Sunday, following worship, next Sunday morning, we're going to have a special celebration luncheon for the Shoemates. Um, they have been humble servants here for over 18 years, and uh, they're very loved. We want to celebrate that. So the uh, meal we're going to provide, the church is going to provide chicken marsala, which is apparently one of Mike's favorites, and pasta caraba. And we're going to have that there. We asked to bring salads and desserts. Uh, I don't know what our favorite desserts are. I know Sue likes ice cream. That's about what I know. 
If it's Italian, someone wants to make some hand, make some cannolis or something. What's that, gelato? Gelato and cannoli, um, that's about it. I'm out of Italian from there. So anyways, um, whatever. There'll be a card box if you want to wish them well with a card. Dun, dun, dun. Is that about it? Oh, and uh, help wanted ads. Trust me, we're going to be running a lot of these. Um, communion. You ever thought about how to bag up the communion? How, ever done that? That was one of the first things I ever did here. I helped a lady who had a bad back. I took over for her. her. Um, it's not bad. It's about an hour's worth of work. Fill up the little bottles, put the bottles and the bread into a little Ziploc bag. That's how we do it now. If you're interested, see Susan White. See uh, Wanda Fitzgerald. Help. If you get a chance to help out, help them out. Uh, it's, a, it's a good it's a good service. It's a little, you don't have to have really many special skills. I think pouring into a little jar and zipping a Ziploc bag is about as far as it goes. So consider that. It's something we will not give up here. We will not change. You know, the Lord's Supper is part of our worship each and every week. Um, it, it is what it is. It's something that it's just part of the deal. So, uh, upcoming, on Wednesday night, Mike's going to take over the uh, Matt is going to take over the auditorium class. We're going to have one class in here. We will not be having a junior-senior high class right now, so if you typically go to class right there, come this way. Um, I talked to Melissa a little bit, and she may or may not go ahead and continue the girls' classes. She's been doing it every other week. I think she's going to reach out to the girls on that. But other than that, right now, that's what we're going to do. So join us here on the orange carpet or join us online. Uh, it's an interactive class. We've had a good time doing it this way, and we continue to hope to, to do it that way. So live faithfully with a heart full of love, a uh, life full of Christ. Make a difference in this world. Thank you all. Let's stand as we sing the first verse of 869, and we'll be dismissed in prayer. Come we... Please pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for all the many rich gifts in our lives because we know all good things come from Thee. We ask that you go with us as we go our separate ways. Keep us safe and healthy. Please be with the ones that were mentioned earlier. Give them back their much needed health, that be Thy will. Help them to be comfortable and get better so that we can see them back here really soon. As we go our separate ways, we ask that you be with us and keep us strong, keep us healthy. Help us to be able to stand up against those things out in the world to try to knock us down. Try to keep us from the one and true path. All this we pray in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen.